There have been many changes in our lives in the last eight weeks or so. I don't need to remind you of that. Of that. You were well aware of it. Some of the changes, thankfully, have been good ones. Some people, for example, have reached out to their elderly neighbors and friends for the first time and given them the special help that they've needed during this pandemic. Some of you have volunteered to help the sick and the elderly in our parish. Many of the so-called first responders out there have risked their own health and at times their own lives to take care of those with the coronavirus. Those are positive changes. Those are good changes. But as we all know, an awful lot of the changes we've experienced have not been good. They have not been pleasant. For example, we've all had to find different ways to communicate with family and friends. We're not able to be physically with some of them. And when we do have the opportunity to get together, we're not able to even touch them. Can't give them a hug. Can't even give them a handshake. Many of us have had to change the way we eat and socialize. I don't know about you, but Father Nature and I haven't been too happy about that. We both like to eat at restaurants at least every once in a while. The young people among us have had to deal with changes, changes in their education experience. Everything is now online, no sports. They're having virtual graduation ceremonies. Who ever thought we would have virtual graduation ceremonies? There have even been changes, as we all know, in our experience of Mass. Watching it on YouTube or Facebook is nice when there's no alternative, but we certainly don't want this to be a permanent change. And obviously the ability of people to receive the Holy Eucharist has been taken away. That's the biggest reason we want to get back into church as soon as possible. Although I will say there is one good thing that has come from this last change, stopping Masses in church. The one good thing is many Catholics are appreciating the Holy Eucharist more now than they ever have in the past. I've had people tell me, you know, Father Ray, before the lockdown, I took the Blessed Sacrament for granted. Not anymore. Praise God for that change. Now why do I say this today? Why do I mention these unpleasant changes that we've all experienced in the last eight weeks or so? What's the point? Well, I assure you, my point is not to make you more depressed. I would never intentionally do that, especially if you're one of the millions of people who's lost their jobs in this mess of a pandemic. I mention all these unpleasant changes, my brothers and sisters, because believe it or not, they are some of the very same changes the apostles had to deal with after the ascension of Jesus into heaven 2,000 years ago. Which means that our experience in the last eight weeks can actually help us to understand the feast we're celebrating in the church today better. For these 11 apostles who survived, Judas, remember, had killed himself at this point, there were 11 apostles left. For those 11 apostles, the ascension of Jesus had to have been a bittersweet event. Yes, Jesus had completed his mission, the mission the Heavenly Father had given him, the mission to redeem the human race and to reconcile the world to God the Father. Jesus had completed the mission. He had completed it perfectly. Now he ascended to heaven to take his rightful place beside the Father in his glory. The apostles would certainly have been happy about that. But think about it. Jesus, in addition to being, being the savior of the apostles, was also their teacher, their guide, their leader, and their friend. 
And yes, he would still be with them. He said that in today's Gospel. I'll be with you always until the end of the world. But he would be with them now in a very different way than he had been with them during the previous three years. And they had to deal with that situation. They had to deal with that absence. I mentioned earlier that during the coronavirus lockdown, we've all had to find different ways to communicate with our family and friends. Well, the apostles faced that very same challenge with respect to Jesus after his ascension. Because Jesus was no longer walking around on planet Earth with his human body, his family and friends could no longer touch him, take hold of his arm, take hold of his hand, give him a hug. Those loving gestures were no longer possible. They had to find new ways to convey their love to the Lord. Nor could they eat with him, something they had done every single day for the previous three years. Like us in dealing with this virus, the apostles had to change their eating habits. As for education, whenever the apostles had a question previously, whenever, whenever something was troubling them during our Lord's ministry, all they had to do was walk up to Jesus and ask him. And they did, all the time. Lord, where can we get enough food to feed all these people? Lord, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. They couldn't ask Jesus in the same way anymore. That changed. Even Mass changed for them. Jesus, of course, said the first Mass himself at the Last Supper when he took bread and wine and changed them into his body and blood. But from now on, if the Apostles wanted to receive the Eucharist, they'd have to consecrate it themselves. Jesus, of course, had given them that power at the Last Supper, but they had to utilize that power if they wanted to receive Jesus' body and blood in the future. They had to be willing to be the Lord's instruments in that regard. So how did they deal with all this? What did those eleven apostles do to deal with the changes they experienced after our Lord's ascension? Well, one of the things we know they did was to make a novena the very first novena in Christian history. As most of us know, a novena is nine days of prayer for a special intention. The Bible tells us that for the nine days between Ascension Thursday and Pentecost Sunday, the Apostles were gathered in prayer with Mary and some other disciples in the upper room where the Last Supper had taken place. And they were praying there, no doubt praying for the gift that Jesus promised to send them. They didn't fully understand the gift. They knew Jesus had promised them something, we, of course, know that gift was a person, the Holy Spirit. And so it was by the power of the Spirit that they eventually successfully dealt with those changes that came into their lives after the Ascension. The Holy Spirit was the difference. The good news is, of course, that same Holy Spirit will help us in our lives. It will help us deal with the changes that come to us through this pandemic and in every other situation we face. That having been said, I invite you all to do something special this year, to make a novena to the Holy Spirit. Beginning today, I found a beautiful novena prayer online recently to the Holy Spirit, and I'll conclude by saying it today, in my own name and in the name of everyone else watching this Mass who wants to participate in the novena. Father Najim sent it to you via flock notes yesterday. If you didn't get it, email me or email the parish, get you a copy. But I'll do the first day today, 
I'll say the prayer in my name and in the name of all of us who are going to participate. That way we have the first day covered. So let us pray. Holy Spirit, third person of the Blessed Trinity, Spirit of truth, love, and holiness, proceeding from the Father and the Son, and equals to them in all things, I adore you and love you with all my heart. Dearest Holy Spirit, confiding in your deep personal love for me, I am making this novena for the following request, if it should be your holy will to grant it. In silence, you may now mention those requests to the Lord. Teach me, Divine Spirit, to know and seek my last end. Grant me the holy fear of God. Grant me true contrition and patience. Do not let me fall into sin. Give me an increase of faith, hope, and charity, and bring forth in my soul all the virtues proper to my state of life. Make me a faithful disciple of Jesus and an obedient child of the Church. Give me efficacious grace sufficient to keep the commandments and to receive the sacraments worthily. Give me the four cardinal virtues, your seven gifts, your twelve fruits. Raise me to perfection in the state of life to which you have called me. Lead me through a happy death to everlasting life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.